What's up, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of Between Innings Baseball Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts for today's episode, Nick Rosado. Uh, you can find me on my multiple uh, social media accounts. First, my Twitters, at RespectAllRise, except the S and Respect is a two, and at Rosado underscore Nick. You can also find me on Instagram, at NickRosado5. Uh, today, I'm joined by my other co-host, What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Noah. Like Nick said, I'm your other co-host here. Uh, you can find me. At, my Instagram is at kindler.noah, and I'm currently making a Twitter right now. <laughs> All right. So um, for this first episode, um, first of all, I want to thank you for listening in and, um, you know, partic- partaking in this with us. Um, apologize, you know, in advance in case there's any difficulties. This is the first episode, so please... Uh, be patient with us. Um, we're going yeah, dis- to discuss um, the CBA. Uh, earlier today, Jeff Passan tweeted that uh, the MLBPA and MLB are going to be meeting on Thursday. Uh, the first proposal since the lockout began on December 2nd of last year uh, will be made. Um, Noah, what do you think? We've gone a month. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's obviously good that they're starting to meet again. I mean, it's, it's been – a really long time. What was it? December 2nd, December 3rd, last time they really met. Uh, I think it's good that they're, they're trying to obviously solve the financial issues, but I mean, one meeting isn't going to be enough and they've waited this long. I'm starting to seriously doubt that spring training will start on time. And like we've seen in 2020 with the shortened spring training due to COVID, this could cause serious implications, especially on the pitching side with injuries. If spring training is shortened and they still try to start the season on time. Right. We saw that in 2020 a little bit. We had like a lot of guys getting injured. Uh, Clevenger ended up having to get Tommy John. Um, that's one example. Um, you know, you saw the, you know, what's his name on the Dodgers? Um, oh. Oof. Yeah. Um, ooh. Dustin May. Um, yeah. That's not yes. something that happened in the 2020 season, but something we saw in 2021 was the after effect of guys getting right back into it after such for example, pitchers have a shortened workload in the 2020 season with 60 games. They're not pitching as much innings. And then you go back into that regular workload um, in 2021. Uh, it's going to be difficult on your arm. Um, and while he did get injured early on in the season, you have to wonder if that was something that it really affected it. So I don't yeah. think it would be very beneficial to the pitchers um, just so players in general, but especially to pitchers um, this year, if you went from a 60 game season back to 162, and then you allow the CBA negotiations to cut down the 2022 season, which would shorten innings again, it's yeah. not a normal course for pitchers to be going fu- for the innings to be fluctuating like that. Um, I mean, not even that, not even just with, yeah, not even with the regular season, but spring training. I mean, going from a normal spring training in 2019 to a shortened spring training in 2020, to a normal spring training in 2021 and then a potentially shortened one again in 2022. I mean, it's just destroying pitchers' arms if you keep yeah. going back and forth. I mean, pitchers already said in 2020 how terrible it was for them to have to deal with that and how a lot of them believed that that, along with the whole spider tag baseball situation, caused a lot of arm damage. And, I mean, putting pitchers to that again would, I mean, ruin a lot of careers. Not even counting the fact that right now players can't even make contact with anyone from their organization. Correct. So, including doctors. Example- yeah, exactly. So you're talking about someone like Jamison Tyone. Um, he was recently on the Toe in the Slab podcast with John Boy Media. Um, and he talked about, you know, his recovery, but like he can't talk to doctors. It's like all on his own or his personal doctor or whatever. But 
I mean, this is someone who had an ankle injury, had surgery, and he's finally getting back on the mound. He talked uh, – there was a, a snippet where he talked about how, like, usually he would start around Thanksgiving, but he's only, like, at this point, like, at his eighth, like, bullpen or something like that. Uh, don't quote yeah, me on yeah. that. But, I mean, to not be able to speak to any representative doctors from your organization is a bit worrisome, especially coming off a major injury like that. Obviously, there are worse injuries to have for pitchers, you know, in the arm and shoulder and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's, it really sucks that they're not getting this done. Obviously, we no one expected it to be done in the first couple of weeks. We all knew this is how labor negotiations Correct. go. It was going to take a while. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is around the time period. Now, now that we're getting into it, you hope that, you know, they get through it fast because there's a lot of things to discuss. And these guys, they don't want both sides don't like each other. That's that's just a known fact. Um, but for the sake of the game, you saw what happened last time. We missed out on games in 2020. The money missed. I mean, not that to me that's any big deal because, you know, they're millionaires yeah. and billionaires. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, we want baseball back. So uh, we each want to see a couple yeah. things um, in the new CBA. So we'll go back and forth and we each give three things, I guess. Uh, no, you can start off. What's one thing you want to see in the new CBA? Uh, just actually quickly before that, I just want to go back to the Tyone um, argument just for a second. Just uh, elaborate on that point. December 2nd, Tyone tweeted, uh, since MLB chose to lock us out, I'm not able to work with our amazing team of physical therapists who have been leading my post-surgery care progression. Now that I'm in charge of my own PT, which is my first order of business be, I'm thinking I've done with this boot. It can go. The Tyone here is clearly joking, but this is just one example of the drastic implications of a lockout in the MLB that a lot of casual... Uh, viewers of the game of baseball might have overlooked besides the fact that teams just aren't signing big free agents and stuff. There's a lot of little details that go overlooked with this uh, lockout. Yeah, for sure. It needs to be over immediately. Yes. Uh, so first thing from you, what do you want to see? New lockout. I mean, new CBA. I mean, I think that some of the rules that were implicated in the 2020 um, COVID shortened season need to go. I mean, Extra innings, runners on base is something that has been, I mean, talked about forever. Three batter minimum is a rule that could potentially need to stay or need to go. Uh, there's a lot of different rules to try to add to the game to speed up the game. While I agree with some of them, I drastically disagree with others. Uh, I think that the three batter minimum, three batter minimum is the most interesting rule to me. Not that I necessarily think it should be abolished, but I think that this was not only uh, put in place to increase pace of play, but also to increase strategy. Uh, while this is the case, there were some relievers, notably lefty specialists, who had their roles drastically diminished because of this. And I think that taking this rule out may slow the game down slightly, but not enough to where you, to not enough to where it, it actually makes an impact in length of game. Right. I think, yeah. Some of those rules are annoying. Like the three, you better minimum. We talk about someone like Joely Rodriguez. Um, yes, he he's a lefty. He's definitely a lefty specialist. Like I remember there was a game last year we played Los Angeles. Um, uh, when I say we, I'm in the Yankees. Uh, in case uh, we've already mentioned like two or three Yankee players in this podcast. In case it wasn't clear, we're Yankee fans. But bear with us. We're gonna do our absolute best to be as um unbiased as possible. We promise. Correct. Um, yes. So, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, Joely Rodriguez. He came in to face Otani, and luckily for him, that was the last. That was a that would have been that was a third out of the inning. So like he only had to face one batter because that was the rule. You have to face three batters unless you were ending an inning. But you know he's in there for Otani, right? The next batter, um, 
I'll probably would have been Walsh, but I mean, let's say it's a righty. Um, you're facing you. That's an on, you know, that's a matchup matchup. You don't, if you're a Yankee fan, Yankee player, Yankee um, coach, you probably don't want that. That's um, an unwanted situation. Not saying Joely can't get a right-handed hitter out, but the point is for him to be tough on lefties. Cause you know, the whole idea is that lefty it's a different look from a left-handed hitter uh, facing left-handed pitcher. And, you know, it's supposed to make it tougher. Obviously there are certain circumstances where it's not, but you know, he's in there for a reason to get Otani out. He did get Otani out. Um, but you know, let's say he didn't, he's forced to face a right-handed batter, which is not, you know, ideal, um, in that situation for the team. That's just one example. But I mean, yeah, some of the rule changes, I, I personally want that gone. I agree with you on that. Uh, run our second extra innings. Maybe you can do it like the do it in the 14th or whatever but like yeah not in like, 13th 14th fine. yeah nine the not 10th 11th uh it's a little too early for, for me um yes 100 yeah, agree. i agree oh uh, so my 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 first thing i want to see in the new cba if you follow me um on instagram or twitter mainly uh by the way i have another shameless plug i have another podcast core for yankees podcast with a couple of members of yankees twitter um and i've talked so that's where you might've known me from previously. But if you follow me on Twitter, you might've seen my numerous tweets over the last two years about MLB expansion. Um, that's something I have wanted to see for so, so, so long. Um, it's just, the idea of it is so exciting to me. I mean, Anthony Castrovince wrote an article on it uh, for MLB.com. Uh, I think it was yesterday that it came out. Two days ago it came out. It's just the idea of like, you know, um, new teams, new stadiums, you know, new rivalries, uh, formats changing. Uh, it basically, it's new uniforms. The excitement of, you know, all that that comes with it. Plus, you know, current teams have to protect players um, yes. and everything. Uh, that's big decisions. Seeing how these teams, you know, how their history goes, you know, down the line. Like, when will they win their first playoff game, their first playoff series, right. their play- first pennant first world series you know all that that goes into it is just such an exciting idea to me i'm hoping it was in the old cba i'm pretty sure it's been in every cba it's yes, just i think it's just something that has to be acted on so it was in the old cba like oh ability to add more teams but it's not going to happen unless the commissioner decides to put together an expansion committee so i'm i'm hoping obviously it will be in the new cba but what i'm yes. hoping to see is something in, in the language is something that says by 2026, 2025, 2026, two, two new teams, which I highly doubt, but that's something, this is something that has been waiting on as a result of the, t- the stadium situations in Tampa Bay and Oakland, which sucks because those, they haven't had any urgency. I mean, I guess you can't, I mean, I, they would probably say otherwise, but for someone who's clamoring for expansion, I'm probably biased in this, you know, situation. I don't see any urgency. I'm hopefully they get it done by the end of the 2022 season. Like they have, you know, a plan set in stone for what's going to happen with their stadiums, whether for Tampa Bay it be, you know, building a new stadium in actual Tampa area instead of St. Pete, whether it be the new stadium in Tampa and then a new stadium in Montreal, which is splitting sister city plan, which I don't know if that's even. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Reliable or, yeah. or not. I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. Um, they're I mean, trying also, to do it apparently. I mean, um, just open. to add on to that point. Yeah. I think that um, expansion, expanded teams would also be great for introducing new fans to the game of baseball. Agreed. Uh, a lot of 
a lot of cities don't have a team in a close proximity. Don't have, don't, you're not bring children to games if they have to, to drive three, four hours to the closest stadium. Um, a lot of big cities have other, um, other big four sports teams, but not in, not in MLB. I think that one of the main, main problems with baseball these days is its viewing audience is getting older. It's by far the oldest in America of any uh, professional sports. And that is a serious problem for revenue, uh, just for everything. I mean, you want young fans. I think that creating new, brand new young teams will help, will help to get young fans, especially in these new cities, back into the game. Right. And, you know, back real quick to stadium, I just want to mention one thing. For Oakland, it would be staying in Oakland, New Ballpark, or moving to Vegas, which has been widely discussed. I've, I've seen stuff about them already putting an offer down for a pot of land down there, which is interesting. But, like, for example, in that situation – Let's say Oakland buy gets the land, they buy it in the Oakland franchise buys the land in Las Vegas, but then they end their plans end up materializing back in Oakland. They can just sell that plot of land they bought in Vegas to MLB for an expansion team or to an exp, to an ownership group that is looking to put a team in Vegas. So I mean it's kind of lining up, you know. And you mentioned the thing about fans, maybe more kids want to play baseball because you see there's exactly. two more teams, that's more roster spots, that creates more jobs, more front office jobs, more coaching jobs. It it's a whole trickle down effect that would be really beneficial at baseball, in my opinion. I know, obviously, you know, in terms of revenue sharing, current owners might not like it as much because they're going to get money when they get the expansion fees because expansion fees get distributed amongst the existing teams and Major League Baseball. But then every single time something with revenue sharing comes up, instead of getting one thirtieth of, of the pie, you're getting one thirty second of the pie, which might not be, you know, something they like, but you know, at the end of the day, the sports can expand eventually. I just want to see it sooner rather than later. And I think that would be very cool. Uh, what's the second thing you want to see? So it's not something I want to see something I don't want to see that has been widely discussed. And this is expanded playoffs. <laughs> I, Oh God. I think that expanded playoffs, while they do have some benefit in terms of getting more fans interested in teams making the playoffs as they have a greater chance. The more teams that make the playoffs, uh, the more fans they get to watch their teams in the playoffs. While this is true, at the same time, it makes the regular season significantly less important. If you look at, for example, the NBA, the NBA has, what, a 16-team playoff? Yeah. And in this, I mean, teams are known for tanking. Teams are known for resting their star players. Teams are known for not really going all out in the regular season, knowing that they'll probably make the playoffs and then they can go try as hard as they want. I mean, granted, the MLB and the NBA are two incredibly different games, two incredibly different leagues, but I think some of this will start to show in uh, the MLB if we expand the playoffs. With 15 games left, if more, with 20 games left, 30 games left, if teams already started to clinch, I mean, what's the point of playing Aaron Judge every day in right field instead of DHing him for half the games? This is the same for all teams. Uh, I mean, like, why start DeGrom, who's, in, who's becoming injury-prone every fifth day for the last month of the season, if you have a playoff spot when you can start him once every 10 days to keep him fresh? I think this will uh, happen across the league more and more if you expand the playoffs, creating a dynamic where everyone loves September baseball because the playoff races are incredibly insane down the stretch. And I think this will, this will be ruined if we uh, expand the playoffs and allow more teams to make it because this, there won't be any real September races because – the vast majority of good teams will already have clinched a playoff spot as opposed to, for example, last year, the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are a very good team. that didn't make the playoffs. They missed the playoffs by one game. This was on the last day of the season. It was incredibly exciting to watch the Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox down the stretch to see who would make it. 
stuff along these lines won't happen nearly as much. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, me and Noah have had multiple conversations about this. I'm going to, to a certain extent, disagree with him because my second thing is I want to see expand the playoffs, but I definitely see both sides of it. Like I've seen all the stuff that he said. Um, that was so much fun down the stretch um, to watch those four teams, Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Mariners, you know, fight it out. Um, my main reason is just to see more baseball. Like I'm never going to come say no to watching more baseball. That's more baseball games. And, you know, as much as, you know, it was so unfortunate to see the 28 and 30 Houston, uh, Houston Astros or 29 and 31 Houston Astros and 29 and 31 Milwaukee Brewers make the postseason 2020 that day on that Wednesday in October last in last fall in 2020 or two falls in 2020, when we had eight playoff games in one day, was one of the most exciting baseball days probably in the history of the sport, which was cool. But then comes the thing with, with that about teams without winning records, making it. Um, uh, I think personally, I think it'd be a lot harder for a team with a losing record to make it um, over the course of 162. Whereas in 60, I don't think it's that hard for a losing to make it, but you know, it'll happen eventually where a team will go 80 and 82 and be the fourth wildcard team in their, in their league, which would be unfortunate. Um, but then at the same time, uh, I feel like there can be still, there's still race to be held. Like on, on the point you made on like the Grom starting every 10th day, I don't necessarily, that would be a case. Cause we talk about like in the postseason, like a pitcher, they talk about, Oh, can they go three days rest after being on a five day rest workload the whole season? Well, exactly. going from 10 to three days would be crazy. So I feel like they still keep him in the five days. Maybe he's not going to go as many innings, but like he'd have to go every five days. Cause if he went 10 days, like starting in like mid August to end the season, and then they asked him to go like every third day in the playoffs, then he'd probably get gassed really fast. But um, I could see I it know. going either way. I could see yeah. it. I could see it, it gassing it could, him out, but I could also see it him being more rested yeah. and being able to go more. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, I feel like there'd be, like I said, there'd be race to be have, had. Um, you know, that fourth wildcard spot, who knows? Maybe there's three teams fighting for that fourth wildcard spot down the stretch. The divisional things, the thing about that 17, see, they're talking about 12 or 14. 12 would put it at six on each side with the one and two seed, which would be the top two division winners getting a bye to the division series with the last division winner being in the wildcard round with the three wildcard teams. And then seven would just be the top, seed in the in each league which is the best division champion getting into a buy to the division series and then the other two division winners plus four wild cards playing in the wild card series but one thing i don't want to see is that what they talked about man manfred proposed um with like the tv um special the night before where they picked their playoff yeah no, opponents. no. that's just an awful idea to me like just put no. it one like listen if you want if you if you cannot do that if you want to do reseeding after the first round that's fine. That's what the NFL does right now. Um, yep. So that the top seed gets the benefit of being able to play the lowest remaining team. That's that would be fine with me. But I Agreed. don't want a special where you're picking your postseason opponents. It's just unnecessary to me. Like, cool. Like, yeah, it'll start like probably like a little uh, store a storyline. Like, oh, you pick you want like let's say the. Um, let's say the Astros were the two seed and they picked the, they picked Tampa Bay to play them. And then Tampa Bay being a lower seed ends up beating Houston. 
um, then it's like, oh, you picked us. See, this is what you get. I mean, like, yeah, sure, that would yeah. happen, but it only lasts for a series. It's three games. Agreed. Um, but I mean, I, I want to see more baseball, but I definitely see like cons do it. Players, they might not try as hard at the trade deadline because you think you can, you can um, make it the whole way without having to trade for extra pieces and make the playoffs. Or you could trade. It, it literally goes either way. I personally yeah, want to say it, I but agree. I definitely see why people don't want it. Um, I mean, my solution to the more baseball argument is that instead of having a wild card game, have a three game wild card series and keep mm-hmm. the playoff format the same as it is right now. I already think a one game playoff is just doesn't make much sense for how baseball is structured. I mean, the entire season is based on series. So why would you have it be one game to define it when the, the entire goal is to, you are happy when you win a series. If you can win three to four series, you're happy. If you take three to four from a team, unless, I don't know, you're playing the Orioles you're, or the Pirates, you're like mostly happy. If you can go into the wild card then and have one game define you, I don't see it making much sense. This heavily favors teams that have less depth but have a superstar ace. I mean, look at the Mets, for example. DeGrom on the hill, you're going to win most of the games he starts. But who do you have behind him? I mean, Carrasco, who's coming off a serious injury. Taiwan Walker, same thing. Wasn't good the year before. In a three-game series that has a lot more of a dynamic, as opposed to one game where you have DeGrom and say, here's the ball, throw 120 pitches, see if you can get eight innings, see what happens. I think there's less... I think there's actually less strategy to a wildcard game as opposed to a wildcard series just because it, it heavily favors teams that are built for one game, which isn't what MLB wants teams to be. Right. I think, yeah. Only thing, and this comes with like the idea of playoff expansion anyway, that comes with like instituting the three-game three wildcard series. The reason it worked in 2020 was because everyone played on the same day. They were trying to get in as quick as possible because they worried about COVID. But this time around, you have the wild card games on Tuesday and Thursday. So, okay, let me look at the old schedule because 2021 postseason schedule. So, you the American wild card game was on a Tuesday. The um, the division series doesn't start, start until is it Friday? Until let's see, no, the Thursday. So they had one day in between. So, like, think okay. about it. The regular season ends on a Sunday. They give off on the Monday to everyone. The wildcard game starts on Tuesday for one league. Tuesday, let's say it was like this year. Tuesday, American League wildcard game. They start the division series Thursday. Wednesday, National League wildcard game. They start the division series Friday. But in a situation where you have a three-game series, I think this is something that's going to have to be widely discussed and, like, negotiated you probably they probably want to give that day off every time, like every year after the one to two games. But in the case that they're okay with not giving it, you're going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, it's and a then lot. what? You can't and then really what? Like that. Friday? Yeah, you can't really do that. But I then you think have about to it. Do something because mm. you, you. I don't think they'd want to start them. They'd have to hope that one team is a Western West West Conference Western Coast team because then you can start one game at ten. But in the case that it's like two East coast teams, you don't American league and national league wouldn't start, you know, at the same day. So like if you're the American right. league, hey, let's say you're the national league like this year and it was a three and Walker series and you go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then your division series doesn't start till Saturday. The team that doesn't, the team that didn't have to play in a Walker game. Yeah. You didn't have a Walker series. Yeah. You didn't have to play in a Walker series, but now 
you had from Saturday to from Sunday to Saturday. Yeah, you have so much more rest. time off, and like cool, like that can go either way as well. Cool, you have more rest. But not cool, you're not in the flow anymore. So I think that would benefit teams with the rest, though. I mean, I think going back to back to back and having one day off and then starting a series would be really, yeah. really bad for pitchers. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, you'd have yeah. to be something like game one, a day off, game two, game three, then day off, then start the series. For example, if you're starting the Wildcat series on Monday, you'd have game Monday, off Tuesday, game Wednesday, game Thursday, off Friday, DS starts Saturday. That's how I think you kind of have to do it. Would you start? But it'd be weird with home field advantage. Would you start? Well, no, I think the idea is that the home team gets all three. Ah, uh, okay, That's okay. Yes, that makes more sense. The home yes, team gets, yes, gets right. all three. But then the, well, in that idea, the National League, what starts Tuesday, off day Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then, yes, and then Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. No, Damn. yeah. That's like a whole week, though. Yeah, that's that's how I that's how I would do it because then you're you have you're only playing one back to back and you have an extra day off. That's how I would do it. You're you're basically adding one day more for the teams who have a bye to what's it called uh, have a re- to rest, but you're not having them play back to back to back days. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Hey, uh, you know, obviously being Yankee fans, uh, the way the season went this year, I would have enjoyed the. I mean, it was interesting to see um you know, down the stretch, how competitive it was, but I would have uh, liked to have a little less of a heart attack uh, knowing my team would have been in no matter what, but Hey, that's just how the format is, but we'll see how that goes, you know, down the stretch. So those are our first two. What's the last thing you'd want to see in a CB in a new CBA? I think there needs to be back to my adding more young fans to become adding more young fans to the game is I think they need to find a solution for the MLB TV problems that they've been having with the blackouts and restrictions across the country. I mean, I don't know anyone who agrees with the way they do it right now. You're not letting people who live in, let's say, in New Jersey, New York, watch the Yankees or Mets play. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for young kids who don't have cable, who don't have a way to watch the games, not letting them subscribe. Even if they subscribe to MLB TV, not letting them watch a team that they most likely care about just seems like a way to dis- to descent. Ooh to not incentivize um, uh, young fans to get into the game. I think they need to find a way to al- to just remove blackouts entirely. I mean, they're a multi-billion dollar company. I don't see why they need to blackout areas near where uh, fans are watching. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a big problem. And also, like, the idea that you can't you – can, like, you can't really watch teams – I feel like there needs to be a universal streaming platform. I mean, I guess I, I get the idea that like, nowadays you have to pay for everything, but like the bring down the cost on some things like MLB TV is really expensive. It's really um, expensive. Like I'd like to even like you made the point about, you know, kids in New York, New Jersey, being able to watch Yankees, um, Yankees or Mets, but like, what about marketing players in general, a person like Fernando Tati mm. Jr. who plays all the way in San Diego. I'd like to be able to see him play a lot more. For a lot less price, Correct. maybe people will be more willing to pay for a full 30-30 team thing instead of just paying for their home team. They'd be able to see every game that they wanted to from every team. And I can watch Mookie Betts go against – Mookie Betts and the Dodgers go against Fernando Tatis and the Padres, you know, in a series right. down in, in, in Southern California. I can watch, um, you know, let's say down the stretch, I could have watched the Mariners a lot easier, you know. They've been fantastic. The playoff games, yeah. Um, it's – a big issue. That's one. That's honestly like a top three issue <laughs> that has yeah. to be fixed in a new CBA. 
So that's, I mean, that's even just adding on that, I think that just like the NFL has red zone where it kind of combines everything that's going on at one time. I know the MLB has MLB tonight on MLB network, but it's not great. I think they should also add something similar to red zone weekdays at seven and weekends at 1 PM for three to four hours. And just going around the league consistently showing the game that is the closest to the game of those playoff implications, the biggest rivalries or when there's men on base and just cycle through all the games. And I think this should be on national television, which would in not only show more people, more of the league, as opposed to what they're watching their one game, but incentivize fans um, to purchase an MLB TV package if there are no blackouts so they can watch all these games all the time. Right. Um, so my, my third thing is uh, it's not really a thing with the game itself. Uh, I want to see something content be continued. Um, we, it was supposed to happen in 2021 and got canceled as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I've heard they've rescheduled it to 2023. I want to make sure the World Baseball Classic gets, gets continued that mm, tradition yes. every four years. Now I've, I've seen things that said they're going to reschedule 2021s to 2023 and then continue the four-year thing. So they wouldn't just go from 2023 to 2027. They'd have the 2025 one, two years later, and then, then keep going with the four years. But I wouldn't be surprised. If they just went 2023, then 2027 and 2020, uh, 2031 yes. and so on. But regardless, I, I want that to continue. I feel like that's an amazing tournament for people around the world to watch Agreed. Um, see your country go at it against other countries. Um, it's super entertaining. There's so much emotion showed in that tournament. Um, I just have so much fun watching that every single time. It hasn't happened since 2017, which is unfortunate, but I mean, everyone remembers the, the Adam Jones catch on Machado exactly. in Petco with Robertson pitching. I mean, everyone remembers that. It's so, so uh, iconic. John Carlo Homer. At the time. Carlo home run and Petco to yeah. the games down in Miami were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those, those, um, those games are unreal. I hope they continue them. So that's another thing I want to see. Um, we're going to talk about one more thing uh, for today. Uh, one more, we're going to have one more segment. Uh, and that's going to be on the new Sunday night baseball crew. Uh, you know, they've come up with a new booth. And they've come up with an alternate broadcast. So you want to talk about who's going to be in the booth? Yeah. So I'll start with the actual Sunday night baseball main broadcast. And I, I mean, the big addition here is Dave Cohn. And as Yankee fans, we've had the privilege of listening to Cohn broadcast on yes for the last couple of years. And we can both say that he is absolutely fantastic. Um, upset about not being able to watch every Yankee game with Cohn announcing anymore, but know that I think he will without a doubt elevate the Sunday night broadcast. Sunday Night Baseball broadcasting to the next level, being an ex-MLB pitcher and clearly being integrated into the analytic department, the analytical department. So baseball now nowadays, he combines a prior knowledge of knowing what it's like to compete and go out there every fifth day, as well as the new technology with spin rate and FIP and all whatever stack you want to look at. Um, I think this integration will allow both casual and more hardcore uh, baseball fans to gain a deeper understanding of the pitching side, especially the pitching side of baseball, but baseball as a whole. Um, so that's the first one. They're going to have Carl Ravitch on the call along with Eduardo Perez. And then the, uh, the next one, which is um, the NFL, they currently have a Manning cast where they have um, the two, the Manning brothers uh, were now retired. They do, you know, their own special, you know, broadcast where they have guests alongside the game that's going on that night. Um, they're doing that type of thing for MLB with 
Alex Rodriguez and Michael K. It's called the K Rod um, broadcast. It's going to be on um, ESPN2 uh, at the same time as Sunday Baseball. So you get to choose if you want to watch the main broadcast or a K Rod broadcast. And this is going to be like their type of Manning cast type thing where they're going to have guests that are related to the series or the game that's playing right there. So let's say they're the Yankees Red Sox series. They'll probably have David Ortiz, um, you know, on there. Um, that's one thing. Uh, they could, um, for let's say Cardinals uh, Cubs, they could have some like, uh, I mean, if Albert Pujols had retired, they'd probably have him on it. Uh, you know, there's yeah, I mean, really anyone who is related yeah, to those I teams mean, playing. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah. The it's gonna be interesting. They're gonna, you know, dive into like some fantasy baseball type of stuff. They're gonna have guests, they're gonna um talk about the game because they are very knowledgeable. Obviously, A-Rod had a long career playing with the Mariners, Rangers, and Yankees, of course. Uh, you know, Michael K has been doing games since the 90s, so um he's been or probably earlier than that. I can't remember the exact, you know, decade he started, but um, it's going to be interesting. A lot of people aren't fans of it. Uh, whether you're, whether you're a fan of it or not, you best believe I know you'll be tuning in to see how it goes, um, which is what ESPN wants. They just want their viewership to go up. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be a little interesting to see uh, how, which direction they go in. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't necessarily think good or bad. I think Michael K and A-Rod, it's an interesting pairing. I don't know if I it's exactly who I would have picked. Um, I know a lot of people aren't fans of A-Rod, both because of his playing career and what he did off the field. Um, but he clearly is, has integrated himself into baseball forever. While I don't think he is a great broadcaster listening to him in the past, I think Michael Kay will elevate him slightly. I think that everyone is kind of got kind of going to think that this is okay. I think okay is the best word to describe how this broadcast sharing is going to be. I don't think anyone's going to love it. I don't think anyone's going to really hate it. I think it's just going to be fine. And I actually think that in the next couple of years, they will keep this sort of Manning cast idea going, but cycle through who actually announces the games. Right. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that would be something because some people aren't even fans of the Carl Ravitch hire, um, which I'm okay with. He's done a great job with the Little League World Series. Yeah, um, agreed. Matt, Matt, Matty V was pretty good. Um, not as good as Fox, FS1, Fox, Matty V, because he was a different, you know, breed. But he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but it's sad to see him go, but it's exciting to see the new booth in. So that's really exciting. Um, there's just actually one more thing I think we should talk about. Uh, the obvious. Uh, new York Yankees hired uh, Rachel Balkovec as the yes. single-A manager uh, for the Tampa Tarpons. Um, she's the first ever female to be hired as a manager in professional sports, his, uh, professional baseball history. Um, this is just another barrier being broken. Uh, Obviously fantastic. Yeah. Kim Ng broke a barrier being the first female GM, professional history, uh, sports, or was it sports or baseball. I can't remember if it was just for baseball or just sports in general. Uh, but that was another barrier broken. Um, so Rachel was just continuing on the strides women are making, not just in baseball, but in sports. Um, this is a big one because she she absolutely earned this job for sure. Yes. She's been in the system for about two years now. She previously worked with the Astros and the Cardinals, I think. I think it was the Cardinals. Uh, I am um, checking. 
I know she definitely worked with the Astros. She was strength and conditioning for them. She's been a hitting coach for the Yankees over the last couple of years. The Yankees this year had a revolutionary hitting performance from their minor leaguers this year. And she's a, she was yes. a big part of that. Um, Cause they, you know, if they went from, if they went through, you know, the, she started off in the, in the complex league, but then she moved up to single, I think she moved down to the Tarpons coaching staff, but um, if you started, the Kovic, by the way, you were right. Yeah. Cardinals Cardinals. Astros. Okay. Um, you know, if you started with her or if you even like had any time with her, you, obviously you learned a lot because, you know, our, our hitters this year in the Yankee system were absolutely amazing. So Anthony Volpe shoot a top MLB prospect list. Um, yeah, what obviously, is he? Top, top, he's top 16. He's, I think he's 16th. Yeah. Um, he's 16th yeah. and he's our number one prospect. Um, Correct. He passed Dominguez. Yeah. Uh, which is notable because Dominguez has been widely uh, regarded uh, in the baseball world. Um, but he, like even he, um, obviously he he struggled a little bit. He's what eighteen years old. He's gonna struggle. But he, like he even me, uh, I'm sure he learned stuff from Rachel Oswaldo Cabrera. Had a great season in the minors. Peraza. Uh, so many guys learned a lot from her. She's been in the industry a lot. She played uh, University of New Mexico, um, and one more school. I can't remember which one, but. Uh, in she college, also has a now a master's degree in biomechanics. Yeah, um, she worked at Driveline. I mean, yep. she certainly earned this. Uh, it's not just like the a token where the Yankees are just trying to make a, you know, um, a move that is going to get people's attention. They're not just doing this just to please people. They, it's something she earned, and they believe she earned. And I'm behind it, 100. percent No, I'm 100 behind it. We're we're very excited to see uh, how this plays out and we're hoping, you know, eventually this leads to, you know, a big, a big league role uh, manager, whether it gets her in you know, as a bench coach, a base coach, and then then gets her to manager or however it goes. Um, Personally, I'd like to see her become a manager at some point. Cause I feel like that'd be very cool for the game. And she clearly deserves it. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping, all, wishing all the best to her. Uh, congratulations. Amazing move yes, made by yes. the Yankees. I can't wait to see where this goes. Um. That's all we have for today. Um, no, you have any last words for this first episode? Um, just hope everyone tunes in and enjoys. Uh, we're going to be covering, obviously, a lot more stuff baseball-related in future episodes. And um, thank you, really, for listening. Yeah. Um, for that, um, this is our first uh, episode of Between Innings. Uh, thanks for listening, and see you next time. Peace. Thank you.